Welcome to episode number 70 of the Four Animals for Earth show, Belize Ecotourism with Captain Amato Watson. After everyone already pet the, the animal, I see the shark just slowly went down and lean against the coral. And he said, I kept looking at this shark and I said to myself, this is not right. I'm hurting this animal. That was Amato. Amato is the owner of Key Cocker Reef Friendly Tours, which is an eco-conscious and animal-conscious tour group located in Belize. This group is really phenomenal, you guys. They do tours very differently than pretty much almost everybody around them. And I think what is so incredibly impressive is that they do that day in and day out when it has to be so incredibly difficult to go against the grain and be somebody who stands up for what they believe and stands up for protecting animals and not hurting them. Um, in the trade-off for tourism. So I just cannot wait for you guys to meet Avado. So let's dive in. Hi there, this is Brandy and you're listening to the Four Animals for Earth podcast. This is a space where we inspire each other to take small steps every day to live a more conscious life, helping animals and the planet while we do it. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's all take a deep breath and let's get started. Can you describe Key Cocker? Can you describe Belize and what you love most about the place you call home? Okay, well, um, first of all, thank you very much for having me. Actually, it's, um, it feels like an honor having, to, having been given the opportunity to do this. Um, especially by someone like you who shares the same passion um, like us about hearing about uh, what's around us, basically, you know, the environment. Um, and we want to keep this for future generations. So um, Belize is a very, very small country. It is the only English-speaking country in Central America. Um, we are bordered to the north by Mexico to the west and south by Guatemala. So we're in the Caribbean right there. Um, Key Cocker specifically is an island off the coast of Belize. It's an hour boat ride from the mainland, from the city of Belize. And uh, Key Cocker is basically paradise. Um, it's a very small island. The population runs for about 2,500 people. The island at this at its widest point is only a half a mile wide. And there's points where you can see from one side to the other of the island, which is tells you how small it is. Um, it's a very tight-knit community. Everyone knows everyone. And um, we are faced to the east by the beautiful Arabian Sea and right along Kikaka, going up north and south, you will find the Mesoamerican barrier reef system. Um, one of the things I love the most, the most about this little island, is that you're basically living what people pay for every day. You know, people come pay to come vacation here, and we have this beautiful island to live in every day. Um, 
something that fascinates me is that if I want to <clears throat> get something to eat, if I want to eat some fish, it's very easy for me to have access to that. Within a half an hour, I can go out on my boat and get a fish to eat, um, which is something that not everyone can do. It's very true. It's very true. And it's so incredibly beautiful there. And I know, um, I know there's history. I want to say it was back in 2001, maybe where there was a massive storm. I think I want you to tell us this because I obviously do not know the history well, (laughs) but there was a point where the reef was kind of destroyed, right? All along the coast there. And it was kind of a, a hopeless feeling. I think for a lot of people, like it may never come back, but Belize is well known around the world for bringing this reef back to life. I'm wondering if you can share a little bit of, you know, that history from what you've learned and what you've experienced being there. So about that particular storm, um, the, the reef in itself is, there's several types of reef. The one that we have is known as a barrier reef for a reason. So the, if you were to just walk along the island, you would see there's a just long line of white caps, which is basically the Caribbean Sea crashing against our reef. So the reef forms as a barrier, as a protection from all these storms, because if, if it wasn't there, all these storms would just come and wipe out all these islands that we have here. So the reef serves as a barrier, as a protection for us. Um, and they do. Indeed, these, these um, hurricanes, they damage a lot of our reefs. We have to keep in mind, coral reef systems are very, very fragile. They're very sensitive. So it's not only the wind factor, it's the waves, it's the surge that causes all the sand that would accumulate and cover the coral suffocating. And so at that particular point in time, it was, it was a hopeless feeling because a lot of people would think that it wouldn't come back, you know, because we are so, so much dependent on the barrier reef. You know, not only for food, but for jobs. You know, that's the main thing here for us. So people, so it's one of the main jobs, and I, and I guess that's for tourism. And is that because people are, they want to come see this, this magnificent, kind of reef and the animals that surround it. Is that, is that why that becomes the main job source? Yes. Right now, everyone wants, um, wants to come and see what's out there. You know, um, many, many of the reefs around the world, world right now are gone. That's just, that's just a fact, unfortunately. They're gone. Our reef here in Belize is still very much alive. And everyone, a lot of people from around the world. I've met people from every, almost every country in the world that has come to Belize with the purpose of visiting our reef, seeing all the corals, seeing all the fish, all the turtles, all the animals, the sharks that we have there, you know? Hmm. And why do you think Belize's reef is still alive and thriving? 
do you think it's just like luck of nature or is there something that is specifically done in Belize to keep it alive? I don't think it's, um, it's just luck. I think because we rely on, on the reef so much, a lot of people would lean more to protecting the reef because it's, it's what gives us our bread and butter on a daily basis, you know? Yeah. Okay. I see. Yeah. That makes sense, which is, is pretty cool. You know, it's like, (laughs) maybe that's what we need everywhere in the world with nature, like more, more reliance upon it so that we as humans find that, um, that drive to get out there and and work hard to protect it. Right. Um, you know, I know that you're passionate about protecting the animals there. And you told me a story and I wonder if you're willing to share this. You told me a story about your dad and how he ended up starting the tour company that you now run. And it's different than a lot of the other companies around because of that specific passion for protecting the animals and for, for protecting the reef. So I wonder if you'll share share that story yeah yeah of course um so my dad um i'm actually junior amado junior he's amado senior and um he used to work for 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 many other companies in the past you know um but he told me there was this particular instance i mean he used to do the same things like before you know um he he tells me this specific situation when he used to go out and he tells people you guys are not allowed to touch anything out on a reef. Yet, he says, I used to go and grab a shark. And if the shark doesn't want to be held, I squeeze it more just so people can pet it. And he says, one day, he said he did it, you know, over and over. But this was like way, 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 way back. And he, he used to do this. And he said, one day, I re- I after everyone already pet the, the animal, I see the shark just slowly went down and lean against the coral. And he said, I kept looking at this shark and I said to myself, this is not right. I'm hurting this animal. And he said that was like the point when he said something's wrong. And that's when he said, I'm not going to do this anymore because I'm hurting this animal. So he decided not to do it anymore. He decided not to chum the water anymore. And that was his turning point. So he went back to his boss and he said, well, here's the, the bag of food. I'm not going to give it to the animals. I'm not going to touch them anymore. And that's when, his, when they said, okay, that's fine. You're fired. And then he said, that was when he said, that's the best thing they ever did to me. Because that's when he opened his own business. And everything is just completely the opposite of what he used to do. Wow. I mean, it's, it's so amazing to think of the bravery. And then also it's heartwarming to know that there are, are enough people out there that supported, that came and, you know, purchased his tours and supported his business and continue to support your business and keep it going, you know, because um, for everyone who's listening and watching, when I was there with Amato, we were perhaps the only boat 
that was not throwing the chum into the water and touching the sharks. And, um, you know, I feel very, um, I have a lot of gratitude for the fact that somewhere along the way in my life, I learned to not touch wildlife and not make them, you know, come and be in my picture or, you know, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. whatever. Well, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. There, 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 sorry. There is no need um, for us to be touching these animals. I, I, I see a lot of people always saying, oh, it's just a little pet. But where do we get the idea that these animals want us to pet them? It's a you good see, question. They, yeah. It's, it's like we just come up with these things as humans to please ourselves, you know, oh, I got a picture with this animal, bro. And there, there's, there's, there's nothing that supports, oh, this animal wants me to come and pet it or touch it or, or, or any of these things, you know? Right, right. No, it's true. And, and also, I want everyone to know that we went to this same shark alley. So this same area where other boats are throwing things in and bringing the sharks up to touch them. And we got in the water and we swam. And I have to tell you, like, it was a mind blowing experience for somebody who has never swam in the sea with sharks surrounding them, probably 50 sharks and we're swimming and we're minding our own business and they're minding their own business. And it was, um, to me, I would imagine, at least I feel it was a much more moving experience than being on the boat and sticking my hand down and touching the shark. Um, you know, it's just so, um, there's, there's so much value. I think that we can experience as humans, if we try to tiptoe as lightly as we can, and as quietly as we can in these natural environments and just observe. Yeah. I think that, um, specifically when it comes to this area, there is no need for, for, for the chumming, you know, um, you can get in the water and look at these animals behaving naturally. And I think that once we learn to appreciate, to look at these animals doing their own thing, you would, you would come to, to realize that, that us as humans, we have a lot to learn. I you think know, we it, certainly it, do. Yeah. <laughs> you, you'd come to appreciate to see an animal doing its own thing, being in its own element, in its own environment, than rather seeing these animals having to do a show or someone doing a show with them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, if, if anybody's listening and watching and not quite following, you know, what we're talking about, um, this one specific thing we're talking about is in this kind of shark ray alley that's near Belize and chum is, um, you know, fish in, in different kind of food that would be thrown into the water to bring the sharks up. So what I want everyone to know is there's an alternative to that. Exactly. You don't need to go on a tour like that. You can go with a motto and you can have a different experience. And um, I just want to make sure that that part's like really clear um, yeah. because sometimes I think we sit and we talk and we think everything is like this. Everything is more respectful of the animals now because there's more awareness and, and things have changed. But 
not all tours are the same and you do have to kind of like do some, some diligent work to find something that is different. Yeah, I, I really like what you said there, um, um, Brandy, that not all tours are different. And I respect anyone who, who, who makes their own choice. You know, you can, you can book your tour anywhere or, or you can decide where to go, who to go to. But I like what you said that now there is a choice because a lot of people go out there and then when they see that the drumming is happening, they were like, oh, I didn't notice. You know, but now there is a choice. Now you have the option to choose to go on, on, someone, on, something, on, sorry, on something like that or you have the option to do the thing uh, a more environmentally friendly kind of way. I, yeah, thank you for giving us that choice. <laughs> and I want you to share also, like, what are some of the other things about your tour company that, that might be different, that are okay. more environmentally friendly or animal friendly? So being different is not a bad thing. Being different is good, you know? Um, on our tours, we try our best to encourage all of our guests um, to start, we, 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 we try to go early, early in the morning. Now we're starting to run towards at 8.30 in the morning, which is the earliest tour that goes out of Kikaka. So we go out at 8.30, which is two hours before anyone else is out there. So we're the only boat out there, um, which is something different. You can go early in the morning. You don't have to place yourself. Another thing that makes us different is that we encourage for you to bring your water bottle. Okay. There's so many plastic around, not just in Hikakar, in the entire world. And we find that many, many people that travel around, they have their water bottle. So you can bring your water bottle when you book a tour with us and we have a, a five gallon container at our office. So right before you go out, you can refill your bottle there and we don't have to make any, any more plastic, any more garbage around us, you know? That's wonderful. So the, yeah. The, we, we, this, this, uh, this is this is some practice that, practices that can be done anywhere, not only here, but, you know, everyone, if you have a water bottle, make use of it. You know, there's, if there's refill stations around you, um, why not? You know, there's, there's so many... We, we always hear about people talking about there's um, garbage patches around the ocean that two or three times the size of football fields, you know? And a lot of the plastic, if not most of it, goes in the ocean. So we, we're, what our aim is, um, when we ask people to bring their water bottles to, we want to reduce the amount of garbage being produced. So you don't have to, we don't have to buy water in little plastic bottles to give everyone. Imagine if we keep doing this every day. If we take, and that's only us. If we take eight people every day, there's so many companies that do tours out there. There's over, I would say, 500 people there every day. So imagine 500 bottles of water being produced just there every day. Yeah. So our aim is to just reduce that. Bring your water bottle with us. You refill it. If you run out of water, we have some more gallons that we refill it on the boat for you. You know, those are small things that makes a big difference for us. It really does. And, you know, it's it's just an interesting point because even any of us, when we travel anywhere, I mean, this is something that we just started doing a few years ago that one day my husband was like, 
why aren't we taking our bottles every single day we leave the house? You know, like why? And, and, and it's amazing. You're right. Like we very, very, very rarely now see a plastic bottle of water. And it's just so simple to just be like, okay, here's my thermos. And every time I leave the house, every time I travel, I throw it in and it, it really does. It, it makes, and on tours, you're right, because I, so many different times I've gone to tours or events and they have all these bottles of water and you just cringe, yeah. right? Yeah. You really and do. even with them, with the food, um, now some people are offering a small lunch on board, um, like a small little uh, chicken burger or something like that. Just a few years ago, there was at least 50 to 70 people just out of Kikakar daily in the marine reserve. And they were taking one little burger in a big foam plate. Mm. And not too long ago, all the garbage was just burnt here on the island. Okay. Now they're starting, now we're, so we have a, a system where some of it is recycled okay. and some of it is taken for landfill elsewhere. But we are glad to, to, to say that Hikaka Refriendly Tours were the, was the first company to, to eradicate the giving out of, of um, water in plastic bags and plastic bottles. And we stopped with the giving um, home plates out the food in the foam plates. You know, we use reusable containers now. And we're happy to say that a lot of the other companies are, are following our footsteps. So that's something that is really, it feels good. It feels good that all these, all these other guys are realizing, you know, we don't have to make all this garbage. So it's a good sense of, it's a good feeling that everyone is following us, following our footsteps, you know? Yeah, that is really amazing. And I think it just goes to speak to how any of us can just behave in a way that aligns with our passions and our values and influence the people around us just by what we do every day in the world. You know, that's really, really cool to hear. Um, As far as um, other kind of conservation things going on around there. I know that you've volunteered with an animal rescue or animal welfare group. I can't even remember which one it was. Um, but I wonder if you can just quickly touch on any other like passions you have around animal conservation there. Yeah. So, um, really quick, there's a, there's a place up north here in Belize on the mainland called Wild Tracks. And this place is a manatee rehabilitation center. It's a very, very unique place. I encourage anyone that's listening or that's looking, um, if you guys have the time, it's a very good place. They, these people are doing an excellent job with the manatees, which is an endangered species of marine mammals. Um, they take them in, rehabilitate them, and release them a few uh, some years after and release them back into the wild. They're doing an amazing job with these endangered species of marine mammals. Um, there is a local group here in Kikakar called the Kikakar uh, Mangrove Project Strong. And these guys, um, it's spearheaded by Miss Ali. She's, she's amazing. I can't, this, this woman is 
simply doing an amazing job taking time of her taking her own time to plant mangroves around the island because these mangroves serve a great purpose not mm. only for uh, preventing of the erosion but they also serve as a nursery for all the small fish all the the, the uh, lobsters all the sharks that you see out there everything starts life in the mangrove roots so this is why they're very important and she's the one that um that's spearheading this project that's amazing and we will link to those i will link to those in the notes wherever y'all are watching this it, it'll be in the description um so wrapping up one of the things that is just like something i always do is i ask the people that i interview if they will share one simple idea to make a difference for animals and the environment that pops into their head do you have one thought that you can share with us so this is something that i've been doing myself um simply say no so when uh you go to a grocery store or at least it happens here in Belize. When you go to a grocery store, people are immediately going to put all your stuff in a plastic bag. Just say no. Use have a reusable bag. You know, um, even when people go out clubbing or whatever, say I before every, before the waiter comes or takes my order, I said please don't put any straws on my on my drink. I don't want any. It's just very simple things that you know it goes a long way. You know, like the water bottle thing I get. We don't, we don't need to make that extra garbage. You know, I think if we all work together, if we all tackle this, it, it, there's going to be a very big difference around for sure. Mm. Yeah, that's a great idea because it really is something we can do all the time. And I feel like every time you say no, the people around you get to, to experience that. And there's, there's something that happens within us as well, right? It gets easier each time. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. Easier. And I was just thinking the awareness, right. Of even catching it, but like you said, catching it before they bring the straw or catching it yeah. before it happens. Um, yeah. That's such a so great that, idea. That, that would like with the straw thing that would even, so I spoke this, I did this once with a waiter and, and I told him, you know, don't, I don't need any straws with my drink, you know, just bring it in a, in a glass cup and that's it. And he's, and I was like, you know, you should start and ask people if they want a straw or not. You know, yeah. so maybe some people might may be hesitant not to say no. I don't want a straw. So maybe now they'll be like, okay, fine, I won't. I won't take it. You know. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. That's awesome. Um. So how can everybody get a hold of you? What is the best way to contact you if someone has a follow up question or hopefully if they want to book a tour? What's the best way to find you? Um. So we are on Facebook. We have a Facebook page as Kikako Refriendly Tours. Um, we have, have an we have an Instagram account. Or the best way I know most people right now are using um WhatsApp. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I have a phone number that is directly um linked to me that I answer the, whatever questions or whatever concerns they might have. Um, or just email. We have an email, an active email. Okay. That we can, anyone can email us at any time. Perfect. Okay. So all of those things will be linked below. And if you're listening, you can get to the show notes at four animals. 
sorry. Um, clearly for animals slash podcast slash 70, the number 70. So you guys can get to that from anywhere and that will have links to everything that we've talked about as well as how to get a hold of Amato. He and I text back and forth on WhatsApp so I can attest to the fact that he answers. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> you can talk to him. Um, you know, thank you so much for coming on, chatting with me. I, you know, like I said, I cannot say enough how much I believe in the work you're doing. I don't think it's thank easy you. to go against the grain like that and it really does inspire me. It I mean First off, thank you for having me. I think this is a really great opportunity. And like I said in the beginning, I feel honored to um, to be part of this. And you're right. It's not easy. You know, there are some days where, where um, we do get discouraged um, because we do feel like some people don't, don't understand or some people don't care about the environment or the work that we're doing. You know, but we're going to still keep pushing um, because of people like you people that do care there's a lot of people out there that we believe that, that still do care that that support us and um it is not easy definitely not easy but it's it's rewarding to know that we're doing the right thing Thank you so much for listening and thank you so much, Amato, for coming on the show. Please, guys, go find him and reach out to him. There are a bunch of beautiful photos on the website in the show notes. And if you go track him down, you're going to see even more. Oh my gosh, you'll just be so inspired. So every uh, place that he mentioned he could be reached is linked to in the show notes. You can find those at foranimalsforearth.com slash show slash 70. Um, any questions you have, anything, please reach out to him and ask. And please share this. I think the biggest impact that we can have to tourism is just helping spread awareness. So many people travel to Belize every day and I would imagine that the vast majority of them don't even know that Amato's tour exists and it's such an easy thing. All you do is purchase his tour instead of someone else's tour and you make this huge massive difference to the people and the animals and the ocean there in Belize. So please pass this on. Tell everyone you know and let's um let's try to get some more people down there to visit him uh yeah i think that's all i have to share with you guys today i will be back soon with the next episode again everything is at foranimalsforearth.com slash show slash 70